Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. Hello. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) So we took the summer off from recording. We did. Which I thought was super beneficial for both of us. We were so totally. busy. Yeah. yeah. Ba- batching's a little stressful, but then at the end, like to be able to take that time and yeah. focus on other things was good. Yeah. I thought it would lead to a really like calm, relaxing summer, but all it did was actually just lead into a summer that was already hectic anyway. Yeah. No, it just totally <laughs> made us grateful. Did you yeah. miss it? I did miss it. Yeah. I yeah. I was excited to get back but in But I studio. really enjoy working and just doing everything that we do anyway. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I missed the focus just shifted for a little bit. Totally. Yeah, it was a lot more family focused. And I don't know, I envisioned us going swimming and doing a lot more like, I don't know, summery things. I don't know. I mean, we did a lot. I think in my mind, I felt like the sh- there should be more, but it was still fun. It was a great summer. It was fun. What just happened? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like went into La La Land. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, we're back at it. Yeah. We yeah. are back at it. Because we took a break, our ordering got a little out of order. Yeah. So we allude to in the last episode that we talked about Faith or Fire, but we hadn't. Yeah. Now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. Now we're doing it. Sorry, people. <laughs> Welcome that's to what, the Faith or Fire episode. Yeah, that, that's what happens when you switch orders <laughs> and change things around for the summertime. So, But it's all to bring you content that is in the moment. When we hear things come up, we like add it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. We were talking about that before we got online that mm-hmm. when we have an interesting story or a topic that keeps surfacing with patients, mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we need to do a podcast on that. And then it changes yeah. the order of things, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. But you guys just got to go along with the ride. Yeah. Like sometimes <laughs> things get out of order. That's... Oh, does that happen in your real life? Things yeah. go out of order yeah. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> do things happen you don't expect and then you have to pivot? Uh-huh. Plot twist. A little bit. A little bit. So yeah. So this episode, we're going to talk about Faith Through Fire, which is the first time we've done that. Yeah. In all, do you know how many episodes we've recorded? I looked the other day. Ooh, how many? I think we're in the 40s. Nice. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, that can't be right. I think so. We've been at this for more than a year. And in, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Math. Math. (laughs) Okay. Math. Mm -hmm. I was like, did I look at it wrong? No, I was like, there's 52 weeks in a year. And then I was like, oh, and then I backtracked. We don't actually release an episode a week. We release two episodes a month, which would be 24. Okay. Yeah. Math. And we're back. <laughs> Usually I'm the math one. Maybe I haven't uh, had enough to drink this morning. Yeah. So uh, we've done, yeah, we're in like the 40s. <laughs> and this is the first time we're actually talking about the nonprofit, which feels a little overdue because we reference it constantly. Yeah. And then somebody brought it to our attention that we didn't ever speak about it, yeah. about our life's work. So, <laughs> so here let's we talk are. about what we do. Well, first of all, what's your favorite part about working at Faith or Fire? Like, what do you, oh. what's the most gratifying? I really like... Oh, gosh, there's so many things. Did I put you on the spot? Yeah, this is a surprising question. You want me to answer first? Yeah. Yeah. I I have got this down. I I've thought about this a lot, like when I wake up in the morning. And and I think the reason I think about this a lot is that we were talking offline. We have a surprising amount of survivors right now who are very accomplished in their careers, lawyers, Mm -hmm. doctors, architects that are considering a major 
change in mm-hmm. their career. Mm-hmm. And they just are feeling like they're meant to do something else. And that happens quite a bit after a cancer diagnosis. The key is to not make any rash decisions. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty typical, right? And so I feel when I talk to these women about that and how they feel about that and how they want to change their lives, I can totally relate because that's what Faith Through Fire was for me. It was complete shift from mm-hmm. what I was doing before. And I think what's so gratifying for me is just waking up in the morning and just focusing my energy and time on helping patients, like validating their experience, Mm. providing them a safe space to feel connected and to have a community that understands and bringing awareness to the mental health aspect of a cancer diagnosis is just all so gratifying to me. So these are all the things that I love about our work at Faith Through Fire. I don't know. What about you? Okay. Actually, I came up with the best one. Kind of piggybacks off that. I love when my work doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. And doesn't that come from doing something that brings you purpose? Totally. Yeah. And, I, and I think that there's so much about what we do that aligns with who I am. Like I, I do a little bit more of the operations and it is very, it's like nice and neat and I get to make things like OCD and I get to come up with processes and it's fun. But I also get to watch my favorite part is being able to hear a woman say, you know, because I do mentor onboarding and I will hear a woman say, oh, I knew I wanted to give back and help other women in some way. And then to be like, great, we have a complete system that will help you do that. And we, and then you have a team around you that gets to help you do that. And so being able to just like give women an outlet for their own passion that also doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I agree. We're going to yeah. dive into like yeah. the bi-directional benefits of like yeah. our mentorship program. But yep. that's that's totally, I get that about you too. Yeah. I'm glad you're operationally driven. I'm more like strategic, big vision, mm-hmm. you know, which is pretty typical of founders of nonprofits. Totally. Like they're the visionary, mm-hmm. but you have to have counterparts and teammates who are like, you know, who are very operational and very, you task. know, in task oriented. Mm-hmm. And so it's a nice compliment for anybody that's considering going into business with somebody else. It's always really nice when one of you is task oriented mm-hmm. and then one person's the visionary. When you have two visionaries or two task oriented, you're never going to get anywhere. You ain't going to get anywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. You ask yeah. any entrepreneur and that's the truth. So, yeah. So today, um, we're going to talk all things Faith Through Fire. You know, we can talk about how the idea for the nonprofit was born. And then we'll talk about why the nonprofit exists and what we do here, what our mission is. And finally, we'll talk about our mentorship program and all the benefits that come with asking for support or giving support as a mentor during the breast cancer journey. Great. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, Ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. Okay, so Beth, tell me, how was Faith Your Fire conceived? Because you you are the founder, so you are you were the, the driver of the train first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how was it conceived? I mean, I think talking about what we were saying before about these women coming to us and saying, I want something different. I was starting to feel burnout from the corporate world. I think I was just really feeling fried, Mm -hmm. you know, the expectations and the constant, you know, what I call the rat wheel, 
you know. And just, it felt like work. It probably definitely didn't feel like your life's purpose. I mean, I think that's the problem with corporations now is that they they kind of take that that sense of purpose mm-hmm. out of the work. Mm-hmm. And so then you realize you're driving yourself into the ground and for what? Mm-hmm. And certainly after a breast cancer diagnosis, you start thinking, what's really important to me? Mm-hmm. How do I want to spend my time? Mm-hmm. What really matters in this world? Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, it's not meeting a quota, right? <laughs> so I think I was already feeling those feelings. And then on top of it, I was reflecting back on my journey through cancer. And that's I talk about this a lot, but just the realization that cancer is just as much an emotional battle as it is a physical battle. And I was thinking about how little mental health is discussed in the cancer experience or mm-hmm. the cancer journey. It's mm-hmm. not really addressed in as part of your proper care. And so that was really the catalyst for Faith Through Fire. I wanted to start an organization that catered to women's mental health and men because we have men that yeah. get breast cancer as well. We wanted to cater to their mental health while they went through treatment and after into the transition to survivorship. So that's that's really what started me down the path of Faith Through Fire. So yeah. And, and our mission, you want to tell them our mission? Yeah. So our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that women, breast cancer patients, and men. men, men, yeah, and men feel as they're going through a cancer diagnosis, replace that with hope and a path toward thriving. Yeah. So basically, we hold space for men and women to heal from the trauma of breast cancer with the idea that then they can positively impact their communities and and future generations. So, you know, cancer, Sarah and I talk about it more and more. It's a traumatic event, but it's not treated as such. Mm -hmm. And I really deeply believe and am passionate about the idea that if we address the traumatic aspects of a cancer diagnosis, that person's going to have such a better quality mm-hmm. of life. Yep, totally. And it doesn't it doesn't really exist. And you yeah, when you, you reduce the stigma and you realize that like the hospitals and your providers, your medical providers are there to treat your physical, but you are not just your physical, you're so much more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, we say that you're a soul, right? And your needs expand beyond the physical. So the the doctors are there to treat your physical disease. But then the question becomes who's treating the soul underneath mm-hmm. and how are you going to do that? And we really think of ourselves as the guide to helping you figure out how to get from point A to point B, which is that place of thriving. Yep. And and you and I agree, right? You can't quote unquote move on if you don't address the trauma in your life, cancer mm-hmm. or otherwise. Yeah. Well, and it's hard, like I know in my own journey that I didn't really realize that those were the symptoms of trauma. No, no, we talk about that quite a bit. (laughs) Like you and I didn't recognize we were traumatized. No, we were just like, oh, it's it's behind us. And wow, that was hard. But like, you know, when anxiety crops up and you've never had it, you're like, what is this? Or, you know, like we (laughs) talked about it multiple times, but we have blocks of our memory missing from the early days of diagnosis Uh because of trauma. Yeah. And it's like, you don't recognize those symptoms until later. And I think it's really helpful if you can educate women Mm -hmm. like you've just experienced a traumatic event here are the symptoms of a traumatic event this is the things that you can do to counter this traumatic event it just sets a different path for patients and it also i i hope helps them feel empowered to be an active participant in their own care you're not and and ask for help right you're not a passive victim of this disease you are somebody that is going to take basically 60 percent of your health and take the ownership of that and let your doctors deal with the physical right right? Mm mm-hmm so before we kind of go into yeah, what we do, mm-hmm. you want to do yeah. boobs in the news? Yes, always boobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Boobs in the news is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. 
All right. Do you remember when that guy was on the Zoom? It was like a phenomenon where he was on the Zoom and his kid ran into the frame and his wife runs after the kid and tries to pull him out. And it was like it, it went viral because this, you know, it was well, like was the kid naked or something. Or no, what, what, no, oh. no. Now, post COVID, you think no big deal. This happened right. before COVID. Oh. So he's on a Zoom and all this, you know, like it used to be people were like so buttoned up, right? Like oh, if yeah. I'm going to if I'm going to do a Zoom from home, I got to be like on point and it's got to like yeah. feel legit and professional. Now, post COVID, it's like, you know. You you're can on have Zoom. right, right. You're on yeah. Zoom. It's questionable if you're wearing pants. Like, <laughs> you know, if your kids come into the room, people just kind of say, "Oh yeah, I've been there, done that." That's the positive I think of COVID. But anyway, this is in that same vein. So, this the the title of this article is "quote I'm not a cat lawyer can't remove Zoom filter during virtual court appearance." Please tell me you saw this. No, I haven't. You didn't see this during a court appearance. He was a cat. So it was a <laughs> Zoom filter. So he's this attorney basically couldn't remove a filter when he presented himself in virtual court. And for a minute, he appeared as a talking cat. (laughs) And he's laughing about it now. But at the time, he was like trying to maintain his like dignity. Uh And he was just like telling the judge, like, I can just do it like this. No. And yeah. And so this whole thing went viral. And this guy. Like you're wearing a chicken costume into court. I know. You can't be taken seriously. I know. It was so funny. So they're trying to like he was using his secretary's computer. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, she had the cat filter on, which (laughs) I'm wondering what that. She had her cat club the night before. I was going to say, I'm wondering like what that conversation looked like later. Like, you know, you use your secretary's (laughs) computer and you appear in court as a cat. They basically got through it. I think they eventually got the cat filter off. But I want to know who the boob is. You can't time. unsee that, though. Like when you're in court, that judge was like, I mean, I can't take you seriously. Right. Now. Like, right. I've seen you as a cat. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I don't know. Do you use Zoom? I don't have Zoom filters. Uh, the like only that. filter that I put on is the one where it like polishes my appearance. So yeah. in case I, you know, didn't put foundation on or I didn't, you know, take the time to put makeup on. It just gives me a little bit like shinier skin i tend to use the blurred background oh yeah that's a nice one like i'll do that that doesn't bother me when people do that i don't like it when they do the exotic locales yeah i find it distracting have you been on zooms where people put like their logo in the back and so then if they have their hair in a ponytail or something it like chops off their ponytail because it doesn't recognize it as part of their hair or like oh then i feel like i'm distracted because i'm watching how the filter is like cropping around the edges of the person yeah and it you just have it to can watch, be very distracting yeah you so. you kind of have to watch that with the blurred background too if you move yeah. around too much it looks weird yeah yeah so anyway this is the the era of zoom you know and filters <clears throat> like it can go drastically wrong yeah. i personally think that in this context it's probably the secretary that's the boob oh you think or do you think it's a lawyer for not having it's his the, own computer it's the, totally the lawyer i mean like you're a lawyer get your computer or just get a charging cable are we we're, we're condemning him for needing a secretary <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, I think they I I mean, I need a secretary. I'm not condemning <laughs> we all, him for we a, all need a, secretary. a secretary. And good for her. If she's got a cat club or whatever she's doing on the side. Good for her. For she doing had her thing. to have been mortified. I mean, I would have been mortified. I mean, it wasn't her face on the cat in court. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's your boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. Boobs in the news. All right. So we just said we're providing men and women a path toward thriving, right? So mm-hmm. let's talk about how. We actually have a very strategic process. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people will be surprised to hear that, but anybody that's been around has yeah. heard of lead magnets, right? Sure. 
Mm-hmm. So like lead magnets are free content. It's designed to help you solve your problems. And in this case, we're trying to help you reduce your anxiety and provide validation. And I think we do that like in two very key ways. I think we do it through the fearless ebook. Mm-hmm. And I think we do it through the podcast. Yeah. And I think it gives people a chance to meet us and who we are and hear about what we do. And if you connect, then it's like, oh, great. Well, now I want to do more. I think it is intended to lessen the anxiety about reaching out. Yes, for because sure. Because it can be scary. I think it's scary. Yeah. Like, I, you're much more willing to enter into the uncertainty of like, oh, I'm sure I'll yeah. meet a new friend. For people like myself, you're just like, I'm not reaching out. What if I get a crazy person? Yeah. You know, what sure. if they make me feel worse? Yeah. What if I feel responsible for them feeling validated for helping me? To- you know? Oh, that's a big one. So yeah. you just like go down this rabbit hole of I don't need one more thing on my plate. Totally. I'm not going to reach out. I think, you know, I wrote Fearless to basically validate how you're feeling, to sit there and say, you know, here's why you're feeling it and here are the tools Mm -hmm. to help you get there. Same thing with the podcast. We're hoping it allows you to get to know us, Mm -hmm. get to know kind of our culture Mm -hmm. and then feel like, okay, maybe I can reach out to these people. Yeah. So that's kind of how those two things were designed. And then from there, it becomes all about the mentorship program. Yeah. Yeah. So the mentorship program is definitely my favorite. I started with Beth and the mentorship program before I came on to work actually in the nonprofit, like for the nonprofit. And mentoring was probably one of the coolest things I've ever done because when you've been diagnosed with breast cancer, and I hear this a lot when I'm onboarding new mentors, is that all of a sudden, all of your friends and your relatives and everybody is like, oh, my friend was diagnosed. Oh, this was diagnosed. Like whether you're in treatment or out of treatment, you kind of already become this mentor for other people anyway, because people always want to connect people who've already been through it. Yeah, it's their way of helping, right? Yeah. Like I know yeah. somebody, do you want me to introduce you right. to them? Which I think is super cool. Yeah, yeah, it is so cool. And yeah. it, it's also really helpful because I had a little group when I was going through it and we were all diagnosed either pregnant or like shortly after we'd had a kid and it was nice for us to get together because we were all young moms. And so we'd all share in the, oh, isn't it frustrating to have to try to like really be present with your new child, newborn, while also going through all of this. And so we could we could understand the woes of it. And when I came on as a mentor, it was nice to be matched up with people who were in a similar state because then I got to use what was difficult for me to help them mm-hmm. and for them to not feel so alone. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think there is something about that shared experience, you know, mm-hmm. and just val- again, it's validation, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, we've we've been there. We know what this feels like. It, you're not crazy. Yep. Like it is really difficult. So what's interesting is that we've had some people um, say, oh, you you only help women, young women that are diagnosed with breast cancer. But mm-hmm. that's that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have an incredibly diverse group. I'd say hugely diverse. Yeah, like really diverse. Yeah. We've got men. We've got women that mm-hmm. are the traditional age of a breast cancer diagnosis, like 60 and above. Mm-hmm. We've got women that are in their, you know, 30s, 30s. 40s, 20s. Yeah. I mean, we're all over the map. And what I think is so cool about that is that we all benefit from each other's life experiences Mm -hmm. so we've seen it to where an older woman who has experienced maybe many trials in her life Mm -hmm. not just breast cancer is so wise and so calming for those younger members who are Mm -hmm. spiraling because this is the worst thing that ever happened Mm -hmm. to them and likewise i've seen younger members who really put it into perspective for the older members who are feeling very frustrated and sad and and but then they talk to a younger member who now maybe can't have a kids yeah, or who are going through this in their yeah. 20s instead of their 60s. And right. it's not to say somebody's experience is, you know, more or yeah. less difficult than anybody else's. But I think that when you get to see all these things, it just really helps you 
put life into perspective. Yeah, yeah, and it just and, and gives you it gives you a point to look for to for inspiration because I would even say with with I had a mentor who was older than me and in a different phase of life, but she had been where I was and was diagnosed a little bit older than I was, but there was wisdom almost sharing back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. So here's the benefits of asking for a mentor, right? When you ask for a mentor through Faith Through Fire, you're going to get mentorship from a thriving survivor. And mm-hmm. that is at all stages of the journey. So, for example, you could be somebody with DCIS who has surgery and then maybe you're on hormone blockers and that's the end of your treatment, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily your emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Or you could be somebody who's living with cancer as a stage four metastatic patient. We have somebody for you as well. So we yeah. have stage four mentors and that can be really helpful for that patient population because it's very isolating when you have a recurrence. Mm -hmm. You're always in treatment. Mm -hmm. And so other survivors may not fully grasp what that's like. And there's usually heightened anxiety around those patients and disease progression. So and it's helpful to know that our mentors are a year out from their last year plus out from treatment. So Mm -hmm. we have some that are 20 years out of treatment, some 10, some just just right outside of that year. But it's so that it gives them a chance to heal, but also gives you a point of like, they've already been here and they've gone past it. So yeah, it's yeah. really important for anybody that volunteers from us. We will not consider you as a volunteer until you're one year out from your last day of treatment. Now, mm-hmm. if you're living with cancer, that's different. Totally. But we still want to make sure you're one year out from that date of recurrence. Yeah. Because you need, everybody needs to be able to, to process. process. And mm-hmm. we've talked in previous episodes about the emotional fallout that inevitably happens with almost all survivors. Mm-hmm. We want to give you the space to have that fallout to come yeah. back stronger. And you just have to have certain characteristics in order to mentor. So you can't be traumatized by your experience. Yep. You have to understand it's no longer about you. It's about the patient. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with just being there as an as a cheerleader for their decisions. Yep. You can't be forcing your opinion on them. You're not there to give them medical device. So they're medical device medical <laughs> advice so we we have very Best sales yeah i was yeah. gonna say there are, we have very specific criteria that we look for yeah. and when we interview we don't take every every yeah. person but there's so much value mm-hmm. in having this diverse group of men and women mm-hmm. you know and we just onboarded our walter who is a 39 year breast mm-hmm. cancer survivor mm-hmm. and he's got such a great background because he's a nurse yeah so we just have this really neat group of really people cool. that yeah. are there. So anyway, you will get mentorship from a thriving survivor. Access to other area nonprofits. So we tried to do our best to meet with and understand what all the other nonprofits in the area are doing as a way to hear what you're missing or what you're lacking in your emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, and match you up with a nonprofit that can help you meet those needs. So if if you have, uh, if you're having trouble paying your medical bills, we have connections with the local area nonprofits. If you need a, a recliner, we can hook you up with that. Like it just is. Yeah, we don't, we don't provide those services. We recognize mm-hmm. that we're not going to be able to do it all. And if you have food scarcity, for example, you know, that's going to take priority over anything that we're offering. So it's really important to us that you receive the care you need. And so we will not provide those services, but we will refer you to other nonprofits that can meet your individualized need. When you're in the mentorship program, you will get small encouraging gifts at pivotal moments in your journey. Mm -hmm. And we love to surprise you with those unexpected touches. It's just a point of light in an otherwise kind of dark journey. Mm -hmm. 
What else? Um, we got Build-A-Bear. So if you have children or grandchildren, it provides a more comforting way for you to tell your kids or your grandkids, young children about, you know, how the changes they're going to see in mom or their grandma. And it provides a tangible source of emotional support for them. So they can hug that bear and they can carry it around. And sometimes it looks like, hey, mom can't hold you right now because she just had surgery. So they get that comfort. Yeah. Did you see that? Did you see that thank you note from that mom that Mm -hmm. said that? It was was so cute. She's like, my son's a snuggler. We made it. We made this whole deal where when he can't hug me because of my surgery, he'll hug the bear and I'll hold his hand. It was just adorable. So we also provide referrals to mental health providers who specialize in oncology patients. Mm -hmm. So many women would benefit from additional mental health Mm -hmm. help. Sarah and I both benefited from Mm -hmm. a therapist. We do recognize that there's often a stigma associated with that, but I don't think that I would have gotten to the other side without Mm-mm. professional help. Do you do you agree? Mm-hmm. So we we are there to encourage you, but sometimes your needs are going to, you know, you would benefit from some support from a professional mental yeah. health provider. The problem is, is that most people don't know who's reputable. And, yeah. and insurance is a barrier a lot of times. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, just like, so many different things that yeah. prevent people from finding a good therapist. Well, it's also kind of like mentoring because there's that fear, like, I'm going to have to go pay to go potentially out of pocket or my insurances or I've got to co-pay, whatever. I've got to go make a relationship with this person. And it's multiple visits before they get to know who I am. And then they can start like really directing me. And and that in itself can be a huge barrier. And so if we can kind of eliminate like part of that and we say, no, we know this person or we've worked with this person. This person's worked with a lot of women that we've or men that we've seen. It just kind of I mean, therapists are like everybody else. There's good ones and there's bad ones. And so we have a very tight network of therapists that we use that will meet virtually or in person. And we often will refer the women in our program to them if if they feel like they need that help. But I think for Sarah and I, we try to encourage the mentors too to just let their beneficiaries know like, hey, you know, I've I've done therapy and Mm -hmm. it was really helpful for me because that destigmatizes it. And it helps them feel more comfortable asking for additional help. Obviously, we have the podcast, right? And you're we listening. we create, yeah, yeah, you're listening. So you know about the podcast, but we created this. This was actually Sarah's idea. And this really kind of came out. Right? Not really. It was my cousin's idea. Oh, yeah. If she's listening. She'd, she'll be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Sarah's cousin heard us talking about our experiences and she's like, you guys should do a podcast. And then here we are. Yeah. It kind of happened around the same time as the pandemic, which was so timely uh-huh. because women were so isolated. I mean, cancer is isolating anyway and then you're going into the clinical setting with like zero emotional support Mm -hmm. their surgeries were getting chopped in half they're like literally having to do one side one day and then another side another Mm -hmm. day it was chaos and then same day release which is mind-boggling to me because i I needed that night yeah oh my gosh same day release was i can't even imagine it's crazy so yeah so we started the podcast to reduce isolation and to provide validation and Mm -hmm. and just to the, the number one comment we get from people who leave us reviews or reach out to us to thank us is that thank you for letting me know that the feelings I'm having are normal are normal yeah and that I'm not crazy and I think that's really BT dub side plug go to besteswithbreasties.com and leave us a voicemail oh yeah there you go <laughs> we always want to hear from you yeah even tell- if it's just like great job <laughs> yeah tell us tell us how we've impacted your journey we yeah. love that and it really just makes us feel good and and yeah please yeah and then we have a private online community yeah we uh we came up with that as a way because we realized that a lot of the mentoring happens while you're in active treatment but then once you get out of active treatment like you can you still are connected with this mentor who's been there and walked with you through the whole journey but now 
it would be really great to have a whole network of people. And then we have community events that we do. And that's all shared inside that private network. And we everybody posts like, I'm going through this, you know, maybe I need a prayer request. Or has anybody had any experience with this doctor? I mean, it's just a really great place for us to just kind of be together. It's where we all hang out. Yeah. So ask to join and and we'd be happy to see you there and support you there. Yeah. And then finally, you know, when you participate in the mentorship program, you have the opportunity to experience healing at the Faith Through Fire Respite House, which we've talked about numerous times. It's out at Innsbruck Resort in Innsbruck, Missouri. We prioritize those in our mentor program, metastatic stage four patients and veterans. Mm -hmm. And so these are patient populations that we feel very passionate about who often need that emotional mental health break. And so, yeah, when you participate, that's something that you'll be prioritized for. So we do a lot. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, you know, I mean, I just have this vision of us walking, you know, it's like point A to point B, right? Yeah. How do you get there? Yeah. You just right now it doesn't exist. There's nobody there to guide you. And I think that's what we hope we can do for these men and women. Not your whole body. They guide you through treatment physically, but what? Physically. Like they guide you through treatment. It's uh, surgery and chemo and like the physical guiding is there when you go see your provider. Oh, but, sure. But the holistic guiding is not really there. Which I would argue is the most important part, but I digress. <laughs> yes. All right. Before we close out, let's hear from our second sponsor. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit Innsbruck resort.com. We are back. Okay, so what do we want people to know? I mean, I want people to know that we want them as a part of the Faith Through Fire family. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> did you did you know that there are 1.8 million nonprofits in the US? Good lord. Isn't that a lot? Yeah. For those who have supported us either through volunteerism or through a financial commitment, thank you so much. I mean, honestly, yeah. like when I put that in perspective that you chose us mm-hmm. out of 1.8 million nonprofits, <sighs> Makes, make, me, makes me tear. I know, right? Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's so unbelievable. And honestly, we couldn't bring all of this to mm-hmm. newly diagnosed patients without yeah. you. I, I mean, mean, I literally wish we could just create a giant text thread with all of our supporters and ju- so they could see all the kind notes that we get and like how much we're impacting people. And we try to share as much as possible, but it is like it feels really cool to create this kind of impact in people's lives. I love the concept of us being the advocates for our own needs. So, you know, right now, mental health is not a priority in cancer care. That's my opinion. Mm -hmm. And the only way it becomes that way is when we demand it. Yeah. And we demand it through supportive programs like what we're doing. So for all of you who have made us your nonprofit of choice out of 1.8 million, we just love you and we thank you. And if you're listening and you're in survivorship, we, you know, and you want to volunteer, apply to be a mentor. Mm-hmm. And you can do that on faiththroughfire.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. All that's right. all we got. Till next time, guys. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmes. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 